0: I'm not pulling in my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Coronavirus edition. Okay, so I've spent two different podcasts talking about all the planeswalkers that have ever gotten a card up till this recording. Uh, and when I last stopped, I was at S. So I I, I just talked about Sarkinval, so it's time to talk about Sarah. Sarah the Benevolent. Okay, so Sarah shows up in the first Modern Horizons. Um, so she's a character that goes way, way back to early magic. Uh, in fact, she's referenced in Alpha... Uh, probably best known for making the Sarah Angel. Oh, so one of the misnomers of Sarah. Sarah is not an angel. Uh, she is, she did make many angels. The Sarah Angels were made by Sarah. She made a whole bunch of angels. She made Sarah's Sanctum, which was kind of its own plane. Um, and uh, she uh, uh, was part of the Homeland story. She fell in love with a guy named Faraz. Um, so anyway, uh, Sarah definitely was one of the early magic characters, played a role in early magic stories, and um, when we were making the first Modern Horizons, it was sort of like we wanted to go back and sort of um, revisit some older planeswalkers, and she's probably... There's not a lot of planeswalkers that are referenced in Alpha. I mean, Sarah and Urza might be it. Um, So anyway, uh, she was, I mean... Uh, her she, her card right now is very connected to, to to angels. She makes angels. She helps boost angels. So she's she is uh our angel focused planeswalker card, although she herself is not an angel. Next up is Soren Soren Markov, who is our vampire planeswalker. Um, so he uh one of the interesting things about him is he's not actually undead. Undead creatures can't hold a spark, but on indistrad uh, the nature of how the plane uh, how the vampires work in Industrial. they're not they're not undead um a little quirky um but anyway it lets us have a vampire planeswalker and uh so he has been involved in a couple different things uh for starters we first met him on uh the first Zendikars when he first showed up so he was involved with the trapping of the Aldrazi on Zendikar uh it was him and Ugin and Nahiri um and so we, he had a role in the Zendikar story. Then we went to Innistrad, he showed up in Innistrad, and we learned that he was from Innistrad, um, and he's very interwoven into there. Um, he recognized in Innistrad that um, if the va- vampires ate all the humans, they'd run out of a food source, so he did some things to help the humans stay alive, um, although less for the good of the humans than the good of the vampires, but... Um. So anyway, he's definitely an interesting character. Um. While he's based black, he definitely has some white about him. He, he's shown up in a, as a white black version numerous times. Um. But anyway, uh, his power suite is very vampire power type things. Um. That he tends to do things that vampires do. Um. Make bats or drain things or you know, so he he's very vampire centric and does things that are tied to vampire. Um. Another important thing is uh. I won't get into the whole story, but he ended up uh, trapping Nahiri in uh, the Hell Vault. Uh, when she got out, she wasn't happy about it. Uh, she came to Indistrad. She lured one of the Odrazi to Indistrad. Uh, and anyway, uh, the two of them got in a pretty bitter fight. She trapped a Sword in a, in a wall. Um, but anyway, he, he didn't later managed to get out. Obviously, uh, he was in War of the Sparks. We, we saw them fighting War of the Sparks. So anyway, he and Nahiri have a, a bit of a grudge. Okay, next up, Tamio. So Tamio first showed up um, in uh, Abyss Restored. Um, so Tamio is interesting character. She is a Moonfolk from Kamigawa. Uh, so a lot of other characters are adventurers. She is a scientist. And, and in particular she studies the moon um and so she travels from world to world studying moons she is very fascinated by Innistrad's moon it's a silver moon uh and it has really strange properties so she spends a lot of time studying the moon on Innistrad it's her i think her favorite thing to study um she uh did take place in um when we went back to Innistrad shadows over Innistrad uh Jace was solving a mystery. He found her journal. He ended up finding her. Um, so she played a role in that story. Oh, the other thing interesting thing about Tamio is there are not a lot of parents, uh, Planeswalkers that are parents. She is one. Um, she has a, a bunch of kids. She adopted some kids. And um, anyway, uh, Tamio is definitely the, there's Tamio has a lot of fans. So uh, she is a a very cool. I, I like the fact that the fact that she has a role other than adventure that she's a scientist to me is really cool. Um, and she definitely, um, mechanically, we, she, she is about information. So she, she, uh, has things that interact with information. She's base blue, but she's also, uh, she's had green, she's had white in her. Next up, Teferi of, uh, Teferi. Uh, so Teferi is another, uh, character that goes way back. In fact, one of the few living planeswalkers that really has, That goes way back in story. Um, Teferi does, Karn does, Kaya does. There's a few. Um, But, uh... So Teferi... We first met Teferi in the Mirage story. Um, Then, in the Urza Saga story... So he... He played a role in the Mirage story. Uh, In the Urza Saga story, we go back in time... And we meet a young Teferi studying at the Talarian Academy. Um... Anyway, Teferi has an interesting role. He he was very much involved in, in the Mirage storyline, a little bit in the Urza storyline. He was in the Invasion storyline. Um, he ended up... Uh, his home of Zelfir, he phased it out to protect them from the Frexians and then wasn't able to phase it in. That's been a big heartache to him. Um, he ended... he uh, During uh, Invasion... Or not during Invasion. During Time Spiral, he gave up his spark for the Mending... Um, and so for a while, he didn't have a spark. Um, he did, long time ago, like, drink water, so he doesn't age, I think. Um, now, Teferi is another planeswalker, like, um, Tamio in, like, Angrath, that has a family. Um, uh, we, both his daughter and his wife have been on cards. Um, anyway, Teferi, during Dominaria, got his spark back. Um, and he ended up joining the Gatewatch. And so, um... Oh, his power suite. Teferi's power suite is he manipulates time. Uh, he's able to stop time and speed up time, and, and so he he manipulates time. And, and his uh, cards, we make them, all are trying to capture the sense of him messing with time. Okay, next up, Tevis Sot. Um, he, along with Freiris and Lord uh, um, Wingrave, was part of the Nine Titans uh, that um, Urza put together uh, to stop the Phyrexians. Um, he originally had a human form, and he takes on this draconic form. Um, anyway, he's... I don't know tons about Vod. He's, he's a bad guy, um, and he, he's up to no good, and Urza kind of knows he's up to no good. And Anyway, um, uh, he definitely has a, a history of, of, of harming a lot of people, and his ability is very... Um, all about sacrificing other things and controlling other things. Um, and he was um, he was in um, Commander Legends. He's another uh, planeswalker that can be your commander. Okay, next, Teo. So, Teo... Interestingly, Teo first came about because we were making War of the Spark and we had to color balance all the planeswalkers. And we had a few holes. Uh, one of which was an uncommon white planeswalker hole. And so we just decided to make a cool card that did something... like Sometimes, like with Dovin' Bond, we make characters that um, have a cool ability but are really hard to represent on a card. Dovin' Bond sensed weakness that's hard to design magic mechanics around. Um, so for Teo, which was the opposite approach because we didn't know who the character was yet. We just said, okay, we're going to make a, a defensive character. White is very defensive. What if we made a, a Planeswalker all about being defensive? Um, uh, later, after we made the character... Um, he ended up becoming the main character, the point-of-view character for War of the Spark, for the novel. Um, and so he, he got a lot more uh, sort of screen time, if you will. Um, he's from a world we've not met yet, um, and mostly his magic is about creating these shields that he can do this protective magic. And so um, that, that's what he does. It, it, uh, he, he's protective um will we see morteo I, I don't know i maybe maybe there's a lot of Planeswalkers, um but i i have gotten a bunch of requests to see Marteo, so maybe maybe one day we'll we'll, we'll have him revisit next up is Tezzeret. um so uh Tezzeret was also uh from shards of alara um along with um a, f- a few others so he uh uh, once again, uh, so he's one of the earliest planeswalkers. one was the first batch of planeswalkers, but shards of Alara was the second. He is from the shard of uh, of um, uh, oh, I'm blanking the name right now. He's the white, blue, black shard. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Um, uh, from he, well, the shards of Alara um Esper he's from the shard of Esper. Uh so the shard of Esper is blue aligned meaning it has blue and its allies white and black but none not its not its enemies green or red. Uh, and so it became a world really about the pursuing the perfection of blue and all the creatures uh were upgrading themselves so much so that all of them became artifact creatures. Uh they had this material called aetherium. Um, Tezzeret had, I'm not sure whether he was missing an arm or had a weak arm, I think he had a weak arm that that wasn't working properly, and so he replaced it with a prosthetic Ethereum arm, so he has a prosthetic Ethereum arm, uh, so, chunks of his body, uh, have been remade with Ethereum, um, he's the closest we have to kind of like a, a cyborg, uh, in magic. Um, he is, his power suite is he can manipulate, um, metal, and he tends to, uh, make artifacts. Um, usually he makes creatures. Um, he and Sahili overlap a little bit. She tends to more make objects, although she can make creatures. He more makes creatures. And his stuff's a little more destructive. Her stuff's a little more constructive. His is a little more destructive. Um, Tezzeret is showing up in a bunch of stories, uh, he has been the Bolus for... Uh, the min- a minion for Bolas. Um, he's the one that Bolas sent to uh, Kaladesh. He ended up stealing the Planar Bridge, which he used to transport the um, the zombies from Aminket to Ravnica for the World of the Spark. Um, interestingly, he didn't trust... Uh, he knew Bolas enough not to trust him, so he didn't actually... He didn't come to Ravnica. He stayed out of Ravnica and transported stuff into Ravnica. And that's why... Uh, he was the buy a box for War of the Spark because he wasn't actually on Ravnica. He was sort of off world putting things into Ravnica. Anyway, he's a sneaky character. He's definitely somebody who um uh is up to no good. He he uh he had a book that he played a major role in, and like I said, he's he's definitely been in a bunch of different um he's he played a role in a bunch of different stories. Um and I I faithfully see right again. He's, he's he's a good villain. Okay, next up, The Wanderer. Okay, so The Wanderer is an interesting character. Um, she, I believe, is the only planeswalker that doesn't have a subtype. Because we don't know who she is! Um, so The Wanderer... In fact, we don't, we don't even know what she looks like. She has a, she has a hat that covers her face. Um, so her her whole power thing is... Um, she's a good fighter. Um, but she something about her spark forces her to constantly be planeswalking that um, she some force keeps making her planes walk, and she can't stay still. Um, And so one of the cool things about The Wanderer is she's kind of become um, the the Where's Waldo of magic. We just have her show up from time to time. Uh, If you look in the background, um, not every set, but every once in a while, you'll see her fighting in the background. Like, she's just pulled into worlds. And it's not that she's part of the story, necessarily. Uh, I mean, not that she can't be, but I mean... um, she, is, she shows up as a cameo a lot of times in the background fighting things. Um, and so, I- anyway, it, it's been a, a fun character. I think the mystery is a big part of her. Like, who is her? We don't know. Um, we know she's a really good fighter. Um, like I say, she has her blade, and she's a good fighter. We don't we don't know much else about her. Next up, Tybalt. Okay, so Tybalt um, is a devil uh, who uses pain magic. Um... Uh, Tybalt first showed up uh, in Avi'son Restored. We were trying to make a two-drop Planeswalker. Uh, ended, up ma- ended up being very weak because it's hard to make a two-drop Planeswalker. And so Tybalt uh, was... Uh, Tybalt the fiend-blooded might be the weakest Planeswalker we have ever made. Um, the fact it was so weak, he became a little bit of a, a magic meme. Uh, I mean, he, he's a, a stylish dresser who looks awesome, so people kind of like Tybalt but love to make fun of how weak his card was. Um, so Tybalt... Uh, did come back, by the way. So he showed up in War of the Spark, and then he showed up again in Kaldheim. Um, he pretended to be uh, the sort of the Loki-inspired character, the Valky, the god of lies. Um, and then it turned out that the god of lies was lying himself and was secretly Tybalt. Also, by the way, Tybalt is a black-red character. The first two time he showed up, he was mono-red, but uh, in Time, we get to see a black-red version of him. Uh, I, I do think the character is squarely black-red. Um, when you use other people's pain to fuel your magic. There's a lot of a lot of black in that. Um, so anyway, um, he is definitely a character that... It's uh, sort of a fan favorite. I think the, the, the meme quality of him really got people excited. Um, but anyway, he is somebody who... Um, he's another villain that we've made that hopefully will will show up again. Okay, Tyvar Kell. So Tyvar Kell is an elf. Uh, he is from Kaldheim. In fact, he's from... I think the black green world, the elf world of call time. I don't remember. Don't remember the name. Um, but anyway, we were make we one of the things we've been trying to do lately with planeswalkers is make them a little more in, a niche because um, it's hard to design planeswalkers if we keep reusing the same abilities. It's hard to make them unique. So having planeswalkers that are very focused um, lets us make more planeswalkers. And so we decided we wanted to make an elf planeswalker. I'm um, oh, sorry, an elf tribal planeswalker. Um, Nissa had played that role uh, long ago, but we re- she really... She went from being the elf planeswalker uh, tribally, once again, to being a land planeswalker. Um, and so we were kind of missing the role of an elf planeswalker. Um, there was a little bit of elf tribal that went on in call time, and there was an elf world. Um, so we decided to make a new elf. Uh, because we had Nissa, we decided to make a, a, a male elf rather than a female elf. Um... I don't know a lot about him. I mean, I know mechanically the card was to allow us to make Elf Tribal, which is why, why he's an Elf. Um, he's a good fighter, but mostly his card's about interacting with the Elves. Um, so, uh, anyway, that is Ty uh, That is Ty Rakel. Okay, so next up is Ugin. Okay, so in Future Sight, we have to go all about Future Sight, we made a bunch of cards that hinted at the future. Um, and the idea was we were just sort of teasing things that could be. So, one of the cards, uh, I made a card called Ghost Fire, which was a red card. Well, sorry, it was a colorless card that required red mana. It, it did three damage to a creature or player, um, or I guess now to any target. Um, and it was. The idea was it was a a card that required red, but the card wasn't red. It was colorless. And what did that mean? Oh, it's the future. So anyway, uh, somebody in the creative team, or or, or someone who wrote uh, flavor text, wrote the following flavor text. Only those gifted with the Eye of Ugin, the spirit dragon, can see his fiery breath. Now, I got to stress, when that was written, there was no Ugin, there was no Eye of Ugin, there was no spirit dragon. Like, all that was made just to try to explain this card And the idea is, oh, there's this character, and somehow his magic is tied to being colorless. So anyway, we just kind of hinted. We just threw something out there. And I think the person that wrote it didn't know where it was going. It just was kind of an evocative piece of flavor text. So anyway, um, we got very intrigued by the Eye of Ugin and the the, the Spirit Dragon. and So anyway, we ended up, as we started building the Zendikar story, um, part of what was trapping the Eldrazi was called the Eye of Ugin. And then we explain that there were three planeswalkers that trapped them. One was Sorin, one was Nahiri, who was known as the Lithomancer for a long time, and one was Ugin. So for the first time, you heard about Ugin, you heard about Eye of Ugin, um, he was called the Spirit Dragon. Uh, and then, when we made Fate Reforged, um, when we were doing the Kanzh Tarkir storyline, um, Nicole Bolas, in one of the stories, had talked about killing Ugin. Um, and we didn't know whether it was real or not. Was he lying? Did it actually happen? Um, so when making Khans of Tarkir, we ended up making, uh, we decided that we wanted Sarkin to go back in time and to save the dragons, so it ended up that he saves Ugin from dying in this fight, that Ugin and, um, both are fighting, we later learn, um, that they were twins, um, and, uh, the saving of Ugin is what changes the timeline, um, and so, because Ugin was associated with Colorless Magic, because of Ghostfire, we made him Colorless. Uh, he and Karn, I think, are the only two Colorless um, Planeswalkers. Um, and anyway, he is definitely um, he's a, one of the more expensive Planeswalkers, because he's a more powerful... Uh, like Bolas, he's very, very old, you know, 25,000 plus years old. Um, and anyway, uh, his card was very much made to sort of be a mirror of Bolas, because he's so related to Bolas... Um, but anyway, he's somebody, he now, now in the story, um, during the War of the Spark, he helps Jace uh, when they, when uh, they, they're able to get, uh, to make Bolas lose his spark, and then with Ugin's help, they get him back to the, uh, sorry, to um, Uzi, uh to, to Bolus's meditation realm, of which they trap him there, and then Ugin, sort of his jailer, so sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, some penance for Ugin is, is to watch over his brother and make sure he, nothing bad happens. So, Ugin's that's what Ugin's currently up to. Um, Ugin, by the way, uh, was not a fan of uh the Gate Watch killing uh the two Eldrazi that they did, uh, and and warned them of dire consequences. Uh, we don't know, we'll have to see what that means, but he did warn them of dire consequences. Next up is Urza. So, Urza is the second, uh, on planeswalker if you will. Although the character of Urza actually goes way back, once again, back to Alpha. Uh, there are a couple cards in Alpha that, uh, sorry, yeah, a couple cards in Alpha that mention Urza. Urza's glasses, Urza's sunglasses. Um, so when the first sort of magic story got made during um, Antiquities, the, the, the Brothers War, essentially, um, Urza played a major role in it. Uh, both Urza and Mishra had been mentioned in Alpha. We find out they're brothers. We find out that they discover, uh, in the Cave of Koilos the, the Might Stone and the Weak Stone, the Power Stones, and they end up fighting over resources and, and end up having this major battle that comes the Brothers' War that takes place over decades. Um, and, anyway, Urza played a big role in that. He played a role in the um, the, uh, the Ice Age story. He plays a role in the uh, the weatherlight Saga. Uh, he's the person that sort of makes the legacy and sends, you know... Uh, sort of sends all the characters down their path, Gerard and such, to to fulfill it. Um, he, well, I, I've talked about the Nine Titans. He put those together. And, so anyway, in the storyline, in Invasion, um, he gets his head cut off, and I think his eye's taken out. Um, and anyway, uh, but he lives for a while in the story, so I thought that was very funny. So in in the Universe, which is the parallel universe of the, the, the Unsets, uh, he is alive as a disembodied head, uh, we saw he has a hot tub we saw in uh, Unhinged. And anyway, he's he's the headmaster, I assume, of Teleria. Uh, we've not defined that, but I'm guessing Teleria, because uh, it makes sense. So anyway... Um and we we did a goofy thing with him because it was a it was an unset where you have to go online to figure out what he does. But he does all sorts of things. It, there's a lot of different planeswalker abilities in there, and so he has three. You can do plus one, minus one, or minus six, and different abilities happen. If you've never played with Urza, by the way, it's, he's fun. He's fun. A lot of random and crazy things can happen. So I, I recommend giving him a shot. Okay, next Venser. Um, so Venser. Um, first showed up, the character first showed up during the Time Spiral storyline. Uh, he played a role in helping with stuff, and then post-mending, he became a planeswalker. Um, his power suite is teleportation. He's able to teleport things, and so all his abilities inter- interact with, with teleportation. Um, he's white-blue. Um, oh, the important storyline part events, Vance, so is probably the most important, is um, Karn had gotten captured by the Frexians, was Frexianized uh, was in danger of becoming, um, in danger of horrible things happening to him with Frexians. and Venser sacrificed himself. Karn originally had gotten Z- Zantra's heart, which is how Karn became a planeswalker in the first place. Venser, uh, gave him his heart, so that, that that's how now Karn has a, a spark, uh, because, once again, um, golems are artificially made and can't naturally have a spark. Um, but anyway, uh, Venser sacrificed himself for Karn, um, I, I like Venser. He was fun designing for... Maybe one day in a supplemental product, we we'll make another Venser. I, I like, uh, unlike, unlike, like, I, I keep joking about Dovin and his uh, finding weakness is so hard to design. Uh, teleportation is actually... There's a lot of cool things you can do with teleportation, so it's a fun thing to design. Okay, next up, Vivian. Vivian Reed. Uh, she first showed up in, uh, uh, Magic Corset 19, 2019. Um... So, okay, so I talked about... Or I didn't talk about this. Uh, so, um, a, little bit, a little bit about Gideon that I didn't say when I talked about Gideon. So, Gideon first showed up in a video. We had made a video that was internal, that was just for um, partners with magic. It wasn't meant to be for the audience to see it. And in it, we told the story of this planeswalker who was the last surviving um, member of his world. Um, now, in the video, it was Gideon... Uh, we ended up changing Gideon's story, he ended up coming from Theros, but we liked that story of a planeswalker who survived, survived their world, um, and that is Vivian. Um, and so Vivian, she has a special, uh, bow that has the spirit animals of the, of the animals from her world that she magically sort of connected to the bow, so she can fire spirit animals that are from her home world. Um, she has shown up a couple times, uh, she was the main character in the Ikoria story. Um, and anyway, she's a hunter. I mean, she's she's a fighter. She's uh, uh, her cards tend to be um, creature centric and finding creatures. Um, she often will find find creatures off the top of your deck or boost creatures, or you know, she's very creature oriented. Okay, next up is Vraska. Uh, so Vraska the Unseen. Uh, so she first showed up in Return to Ravnica. Um, she's a gorgon. Um, so the one thing I should mention uh, in Magic. Um, the way Gorgons work in uh, in the magic world is uh, uh, the the st- so in Greek mythology whenever you looked at a Gorgon you turned to stone. In magic the the Gorgon has control of their stare, meaning they can turn it on or off. So they can control whether they make you turn to stone or not. So she does have that ability. She is a Gorgon. She can't turn people to stone. Um, so she started, uh, she had a bunch of assassins she oversaw. She was part of the Golgari um, during the um, Guilds of Ravnica storyline, uh, Bolus puts her in charge of the Golgari. Um, also, an uh, important part of the story is she, he sends her to Ixalan uh, to get uh, an important item he needs, uh, the Immortal Sun, uh, which is the thing he uses to trap the Planeswalkers as part of his plan in War of the Spark. Anyway, um, she goes there because of, of the sun, she gets trapped, uh, she ends up becoming a pirate, uh, and she meets Jace, who has lost his memory, who is also on Ixalan, um, despite what seems like uh, incredible odds, the two fall in love, uh, and, uh, she ends up, um, Jace ends up having to uh, erase the memory of them being together, uh, because she's about to go back to Bolas, and Bolus has some ability to read minds, um, Anyway, in War of the Spark, she or she during the Guilds of Ravnica storyline, War of the Spark storyline, she gets her memory back. Um, uh, the two lovebirds, I think, are broken up right now, but I, I will personally, I, I like them as a couple, so I, I'm, I'm on um, team, team uh Jason Vraska. I don't know if they have a, I don't know if they have a, a group name, Jaska Vrace I, I don't know. Okay, next up is Ren and Six uh, from the first Modern Horizons. Um, So Ren is a dryad who bonds with tree folk. uh, uh, um, So she's had numerous tree folk. In fact, it has become so hard for her when she loses her tree folk that she started numbering them. So Six is the sixth tree folk since she started numbering them. Um, Anyway, uh, red-green character... um, She's a dryad. She she, she she uh has a combination of dealing with land and dealing with damage. Um, uh, she also interacts with spells a little bit. Um, but anyway, she what happened was um and the, the grist and her and Ren fall in the same category where um the creative team had just made a really weird and quirky uh planeswalker. And they didn't quite know what to do with it, but they liked the... So, um, Modern Horizons has been a good place to sort of experiment and make sort of uh, new and different kinds of planeswalkers. Um, you know, Ren and Six and, and uh, Grist are both um, not your normal planeswalker. Uh, so, it, it's it's pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know. I, I, li- I like seeing sort of untraditional planeswalkers. Um, but anyway, I hope... I, I hope we see more of Ren and Grist. Uh, two uh, awesome female planeswalkers that are not your normal planeswalker, which is kind of cool. Okay, our final planeswalker. We get to X, is Xenagos. So Xenagos uh, has the honor... Of Xenagos is a satyr um, from Theros. So uh, Xenagos is interesting in that uh, Xenagos first shows up as a planeswalker in uh, Theros... Um, Red Green, uh, very much about, sort of, uh, interacting with satyrs, and he gets you mana, and gets you cards, and, like, sort of, uh, he's a character that very much embodies, uh, having a good time, and enjoying things, and loving life, and, uh, very much embracing the, the sort of, the satyr way, if you will, um, interesting, in the story, he realizes there's a, a vacancy in the red-green planeswalker slot. He realizes that and finds a way to sort of ascend to godhood. So in the second set, um, he becomes a god, so he's the only planeswalker ever to be both a planeswalker and be a god. Um, uh, and so, although I think that he's only a god well, on Thero, so if he, I mean, so anyway, what ends up happening is Heliod is not happy that Xenagos has sort of become a god, so, um, he gets Elsbeth to kill Xenagos, so another spoiler there. Xenagos dies, um, uh, and he—I think he was killed in Nick, so he doesn't even get to go to the underworld. So, like Xenagos is is dead, dead e- even for um, for Theros. Um, but he definitely is a fun character, and like I said, he is—he um, he embraced. He was definitely sort of a a villainous character in a very different way from some of the other villainous characters we've done. Um, you know, and, and, that, uh, he, his, he was trying to do something because he thought he could do it more so than he was, he was trying to commit evil or something necessarily. Um, but he, he caused some chaos and, and such. Well, anyway, guys, in three podcasts, I managed to get through all the planeswalkers. So hopefully you learned something, uh, and to all the Vorthoses out there. I hope I didn't get too much wrong. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I know a decent amount, but I not as much as uh, all the lovers of our story. So, I uh, to all the Vorthos listening, I hope I got the majority of it right. I think in in episode one, I accidentally said that um, I said uh, I said um, I, I said a planeswalker was from Theros when they were from Kaldheim. Um, so I apologize for that. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed... Oh, Nico. Nico's the one I missed up on. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, the, the listen to this, uh, walk through all the Planeswalkers. But, uh, I am at my desk, so we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work, so instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.